0: Is, this is a football podcast, man. Meat football good. And we talk football. Meat burgers.
1: <laughs> Welcome back to the podcast. This is part 2 of our top 24 dynasty wide receivers, 13 through 24 are on this episode. I'll be honest, this was a tough one. This is the point, uh, you know, the top 12 is everybody knows the top 12 guys. You kind of have a sense, especially through like the top seven, exactly where everybody should go. It gets a little bit more interesting as you get further back in these rankings. And there's a lot of guys that just don't make the top 24 list because either they are older or they are unproven, I guess. So there's going to be some names that maybe you're expecting to see here that just won't be here. Uh, Stephon Diggs, Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams. It feels really weird, but they're not in the top 24 Dynasty wide receivers. They get like the the age cliff, I guess, in Dynasty. They've hit that. So it gets really interesting, especially in the back half of this top 24. There's some names that have some pro-con cases that we talk out here on this episode. Guys like Jackson Smith and Jigba, Tank Dell, lots of reasons to be optimistic, maybe some reasons to be cautious as well. We dive into all that on this episode, as well as all the other dudes that are in our top 24. Uh, If you enjoy the episode really quickly, leave us a rating and review wherever you happen to be listening. We greatly appreciate it. It's really, really easy for you, and it helps us out a massive amount. I can't even tell you enough how much that helps us out. Anyway, that's all for me. Let's hop into the wide receivers thirteen through twenty four with Ben. Now we have thirteen through twenty four, and the first this is loser. Where things get interesting. Yeah. <laughs> first loser wide receiver thirteen for us in dynasty is Devonta Smith.
0: He's the, the second wide receiver two on this list behind Jalen Waddle.
1: Yeah. And uh, he is very, very good. He was. Uh, what is the vibe on Devonta Smith in fantasy this past season? Because like I don't really inconsistent. Yeah, kind of like happened.
0: I mean, it was kind of. Uh, I mean, sort of like Garrett Wilson. I'll be honest with you. He had his blow up weeks, and then he had his Jalen Hurts can't find him weeks. Yeah, and. Yeah, it's, it's just kind of weird.
1: It wasn't as good as 2022 if you add in the playoff game against Tampa Bay, no. which he had 150 yards in. He was great. Um, if you add that 150, he finished with 1,200 yards. So he really only had 1,000, just over 1,000 yards in the regular season. Um, it's going to fluctuate with A.J. Brown being there. A.J. Brown is the alpha. Everybody knows this. Um, if, if there's plus seasons, Devonta Smith will feast if there's down seasons like this past year, Devonta Smith will be inconsistent. He's always going to be good though. So he's at 13.
0: Yep. Still had I mean still had, you know, over 1000 yards. He had seven touchdowns. He had um 112 targets, which is down from last year. But the offense also really started sputtering towards the middle end of the season, so I mean that that hurt that hurt everybody really, not just not just Devonta Smith. I mean, even on the back half of the season, AJ Brown didn't crack twenty points from right. right, from week nine on. He didn't even he didn't do that. So Right. Yeah, it's it was a weird season. But like you said, they also got Kellen Moore. And I think Devonta Smith is kind of a, a receiver type that I, I feel like Kellen Moore will really like. He, in my mind, is closer to Keenan Allen than AJ Brown is. Not that I'm saying he's better. I mean AJ Brown is a better receiver, but he will f- he he's built and plays kind of more like he could fill that role. So right. I, I don't know. I feel like I feel like Kellen Moore is a good thing for AJ Brown and Devonta Smith.
1: At number fourteen, getting a little nasty with it again. We got Malik Neighbors. You want to
0: talk about a dude that can go up or down this list right now?
1: Yeah, this dude is freaky.
0: Malik Neighbors, I, gosh, I dude, I, I love him. Malik Neighbors is going to be my guy. I can go ahead and tell you that. Heading into rookie draft season, I personally love, 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 love Malik Neighbors. He so has the run after catch ability. He's strong. He he looks like Jamar Chase. He really does. He's built like him. They're the same exact size, same exact play style. Malik Neighbors, I think, could genuinely go out there and run like a four, like low four, four 40 potentially four threes. He he, people are going to be salivating over him, and I, I think probably most likely he goes to the Giants, which is honestly that's probably worst case scenario. As he goes to the Giants, a place where and he will a, be the the true alpha. He'll yeah. be an alpha pretty much anywhere he goes. But he'll be an alpha. Granted, it's a it's not a great offense, but he'll be the alpha. But there's a there's that glimmer in my eye, and you you know it. Yeah, you, you know, know what, what it, it is. is, and it's the fact that he could go to the Chargers. And if he goes yes. to the Chargers, dude, he's jumping into the top seven. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest with you. Like I'm up, you're gonna have to talk me off a ledge with Malik Neighbors, if he's with the Chargers.
1: I'll be hard-pressed. Here's here's the crazy stats. So he was third in the NCAA in all of college football in yards per outrun with a 3.64. That includes like a minimum target number of 70, so that kind of eliminates all the, the goofy ones. He had 89 catches for 1,568 yards and 14 touchdowns. Can I interest you? In ten for one seventy and one against Alabama, how about you could thirteen for two forty and two against Mississippi State? Uh, let's see here. How about a cool uh, eight for one forty and two? That was a good Georgia State. That's not great. How about six for one thirty against Florida? Uh, uh,
0: that's pretty
1: good. Six eight for one thirty and two against Arkansas. He was good. He was so good. There was only three games this season that he didn't have 100 yards.
0: In my my opinion, I mean, everybody knows Marvin Harrison is the one, and I'm not going to argue that at all. Like you, You've seen how hyped we are about Harrison. But I think he is definitely the wide receiver, too, and there is a gap after that, like a, a big drop-off. And I, I like Rome Odunze. O'Donze's the three, and I really like him. But I just think the, the athletic profile and the run-after-catch ability – of neighbors and just the pure athleticism, like he is, he's got a shot to be
1: special. Yeah, he he's gonna be really good. He's gonna come. He a spot, but he's gonna be really good.
0: He can fly up this board. Like I he could. I I really honestly I expect him to jump Devonta Smith, probably D.J. Moore, probably Jalen Waddle. He's probably gonna be in the top ten next time we do this, or at the you know, few games into the, the season, he's he's probably jumping up there.
1: Yeah. Next, at number 15 we have Michael Pittman Jr.
0: I thought he was at 48.
1: <laughs> no, that, the- ship <laughs> that ship has sailed. That ship has <laughs> sailed. If you want to go over to my personal rankings, I think I even might have had him higher than you did. Actually, nope, that's not true. I take that back. I take Where did it back.
0: I, have him? I had him at
1: You had 14, I had 14. him at 16.
0: That's fine.
1: It's it's negligible difference. I
0: actually had him over Malik Neighbors, but I, I you know what that was a wrong ranking. <laughs> I had give Malik me, Neighbors me,
1: over him, so there you go.
0: Yeah, I I in hindsight I should have put Neighbors over him.
1: Anyways, Michael Pittman is probably about to get paid. He had the ninth most targets in the NFL this season. He had 150, he had 109 catches, 1150 yards, only four touchdowns. That's not super amazing, but there's room to improve. You got have Anthony amazing Richardson. Amazing quarterback play. No, it wasn't amazing. It was Service adequate. Man. Yeah. Anthony Richardson could make life very, very nice for Michael Pittman. like I have I have incredible belief in the Colts offense this coming season, and I know you do as well.
0: I think I, I did I say it in the last episode when we were talking about Jonathan Taylor about how in yes. I am gonna be on the Colts offense. Yeah. And uh, their coach, uh, why his Steichen. name is escaping me. Steichen. I should have known that. Yeah, Shane Steichen. He's got things going in the right direction, and I, I fully believe in him as a, as a play caller.
1: Yeah, he's, he's awesome. Um, 16. The consensus rank of 16. Wow. Uh, Brandon Ayuk. I only say wow because I had him at 11, and then because Ben hates him, he ends up at 16. <laughs> I am.
0: People will probably hate, hate on me, especially. People already hate on me, especially. Anyway, they they like you way more than me, which is which is fine. I'll I'll be the bad guy, the devil's advocate on this show. But uh, I I was definitely lower on Brandon Ayuk. I actually forgot him when I first made my list. I was like, looking through, him, like, oh crap, I didn't put Brandon Ayuk in here. Kind of like Kenneth Ooh. Walker
1: for you. Yeah yeah, I, I did. I did forget <laughs> about him. Just completely <laughs>
0: forgot he existed. It's, it's super weird to me, or weird for me to to decide where to put him, because he is good, and he he showed it this year. Like he, he flashed on tape, he flashed in the games, and he put he had fourteen hundred yards this year, and like they have six or seven touchdowns. I can't remember. He had seven on, like a hundred and nine targets. Yeah, which is, super impressive. I, but also I've, I I just don't know, man. It's it's such a weird situation. With he's doing he's wildly efficient. It is a very good offense, but Debo Samuel is still there. George Kittle is still there. Christian McCaffrey is there. It's he's the fourth option. His volume is is not that great, but he's just so freaking efficient. That I I want to have him lower and and I did have him lower than this. I, yeah, it's just weird. Like the some of the guy like I honestly, if I have Michael Pittman, I'm not trading him for Brandon Ayuk. Like if I have Devonta Smith, I'm not trading him for Brandon Ayuk. If I have T Higgins, I'm not trading him for Brandon Ayuk. But I feel like the general consensus would, and maybe I'm just too low. Maybe I'm an idiot. I do, I don't know. He's he is super difficult for me to rank.
1: Yeah. He is difficult. Uh, he only had one game of 10 plus targets and that was 10 targets. So
0: and DeBo that's was the probably argument. hurt that game.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's the argument. Um you don't want to bet on players being this efficient year over year. So I totally understand that. I do think I do think there's a chance that he could be a Stefan Diggs where he's very very good but not amazing in a situation. But this the chance that he gets to be an alpha, because he I think he is an alpha. He's just in an offense that also has George Kittle, Christian McCaffrey, and Debo Samuel. If he gets a chance to be an alpha, he's going to be a fifteen hundred yard receiver for somebody.
0: Yeah. And that he will be a free agent next year. Because they picked up his fifth year option, I think.
1: Yeah. So there's Ayuk. At seventeen, we have T. Higgins. And we I both think we've agreed, talked actually. a lot about T. Higgins. Yeah, we we both had him at seventeen. And rare, rare that we yeah. agree on a guy. Perfect agreement. We are in alignment. Um, we've talked about him a lot. I don't know that there's anything to add other than it could go up, it could go down based on where he ends up as a free agent. We know he's really yep. good. He's dealt with injuries.
0: If he stays in Cincinnati, this is probably where I would put him. Is right around seventeen. Yeah. If he if he leaves, that's when things really fluctuate. Because if he goes somewhere like uh, I don't know, if he goes to a Carolina or a Tennessee, which are very much in play to get him, I think while he, it's weird because he could definitely be the he'll be he'll be the alpha, the clear alpha with both of those teams. It's just a question of how good is the quarterback play going to be, and how good is the offense itself going to be. Which I still feel like seventeen is probably not the worst place to rank him because the volume increase could outweigh the the dip in efficiency with a bad offense. But it also could go way up because you're going to have teams that are are looking for a receiver, so and, and and some good teams out there that could use a receiver if he went to um throw names out there cuz Houston they're escaping. Buffalo. Houston. Oh my gosh, if he went to Houston. I don't think Buffalo can afford him. Buffalo is way over the cap, but I mean that would be awesome. Uh but yeah, Houston, Houston could definitely get him. that would be a huge upgrade. Maybe Arizona decides not to take Marvin Harrison Jr. They have a lot of money to spend and they have a huge needed receiver. He could def I could definitely see him go in there. If that was the case, I think he fly- he goes up these rankings. So yeah, I, I, I feel like 17 is a good ranking for, for T. Higgins, though. If he stays yeah. or goes somewhere bad, this is still probably where I'd put him. But he could go up.
1: At 18, we have Drake London. And I hope he goes up. I hope he does. I think he, I think he will go up. Because I think in a competent pass offense, where they actually throw the ball to the players that are good, this should improve.
0: Am I, I think, why, am I too hopeful? Probably, but I probably wouldn't <laughs> trade Drake London for Brandon IU. I would I would like to hold the potential that Drake London has. The dude's like twenty two years old. He's I, very I, young. I, I would hold the potential and the the hope that Atlanta can get a quarterback.
1: And I think if they don't get one this year, I think they will next year. He had nine hundred yards and two touchdowns this season. He only had one hundred and six targets. It's not good enough.
0: Yeah, but that's so, that was probably like what 40% of our passing pie? <laughs>
1: it was a lot if not I think more. It was like a, <laughs> I think it was like a twenty-five or twenty-six percent target share, yeah.
0: I'm surprised we threw it that much.
1: You only threw it like four hundred and fifty times. It was, yeah. it was not very much.
0: My man has been has been playing with
1: with with idiots. Calling <laughs> boys, okay? <laughs> Buffoons. Absolute so you, doofuses. You you get a Rams style passing game coming over. I think that just means good things for Drake London. Turn it doesn't matter Puka? who the quarterback is. Who? Oh, if you if you turn him into who? Puka, we are pants on fire, Drake London troopers all King boys. Yeah. Uh anything else on Drake London?
0: Nope. Uh, I mean, he is one of the most talented receivers on this list with raw talent. He should be
1: higher than this. It is a shame he, he's not. Yeah, he, he should be. Uh, at <clears throat> Next, right after him, we have Rasheed Rice.
0: Interesting. Very I know, interesting. right?
1: Very. Uh, do you want to go – let's see here. Let's go back to yards per route run. Do you want to guess where Rasheed Rice was in the grand scheme of things?
0: I mean, I, th- because you're asking me the question, I'm assuming it was pretty high. <laughs> It was
1: pretty good. Yeah. He was 12th in the NFL in yards per route run at
0: 2.35. I I was not super – I guess I really didn't know what to do with him beginning of the year because I, I, I don't want to bet on another Chiefs receiver and have him come up short. And he kind of proved everybody wrong. Like, no, he can be the guy in Kansas City.
1: Yeah, I think I he still can don't be there. know he's if he,
0: he's a one, but – or like I guess, I I just don't know if I build my team as with him as the one, but he showed he can do it. I guess.
1: Yeah, I think he. I think he can do it. it. I think you saw down the stretch of the season they started to utilize him a lot more. Yeah. And that was that was the sign for me that is like okay, they're in on this dude. Like, all of his hundred yard games came after week twelve. So, a week, a week 12 against the the Raiders, it's 8 for 107. Week 17 against Cincinnati, it's 5 for 127. In the wild card, he had 8 for 130 and 1. Um, it's obviously not been great every single week, but he's been pretty consistent for the most part. If you cut out just like the first month, honestly, he has one dud game week 9 against Miami, and he also scored a touchdown that week. So, it's sort of rounded into form, and the offense has been pretty bad this year for the most part.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, look at his target share. Once once they really implemented him in the offense, because it, it did take a while for him to get going. But from week 12 on 10 targets, 9 targets, 10 targets, 9 targets, 12 targets, 6 targets against the win in, in uh, Cincinnati, but he had 17 points that game. Then 12 targets, 4 targets against Buffalo, but Buffalo was also a super weird game and then nine targets again last week.
1: Yeah, he's locked in. Um, At number 20, we have Jackson, Smith, and Jigba.
0: This is nothing... This guy should be higher. He used to be higher. He should be.
1: So, the questions with him are not necessarily talent questions.
0: Oh, yeah, he's another guy. Talent-wise, like, if we were... We were ranking these guys just on talent, like London and, and JSN are in the top 10.
1: Yeah, no, he's, a, he's incredibly talented. The issue with him is that <clears throat> if you go look at his, uh, his game logs, he's only got three top 24 performances, at least in half PPR, which is not great. You want a lot more flashes, from elite playmakers. And I know he's surrounded by DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. But you want to see more pop weeks than what he had. He had no 100-yard games, and his highest yardage total this season was 63. So that's the negative case.
0: That is not what we were hoping for.
1: No, it's not. At the same time, he wasn't awful. So it's not like we're looking at Quentin Johnston here. He was still pretty decent. It just wasn't, it didn't come together the way you would hope. And he wasn't, he wasn't super heavily targeted. I think he only ended up with ninety three targets. Yeah, so you would have liked it to be better, but I'll I'll give him a pass based on who he was surrounded by and the fact that Geno Smith was terrible this year.
0: Yeah, Smith was terrible, and and the fact he's I mean he is lower because. We don't know who the quarterback is. Yeah, we don't. I, we I don't know clear. who Seattle's bringing in. They could I bring no back idea. Geno, but they could also—they literally owe Geno Smith no money if they if they cut him. So he is yeah. a, he is a true like shot in the dark. If you want to keep him, fine, but if, they can move on at the drop of the hat.
1: Yeah. At twenty one, coming down the stretch here, we got Tank Dell, the diminutive. Stud muffin.
0: <laughs> you could honestly, we could honestly talk about twenty two in this same, at the same time, because I I put them back to back in my personal rankings because I really didn't know what to do with them. And yeah. I don't I don't know where you had them in yours. I mean, they were pretty close.
1: I think they were. I don't know which one of these guys I just like. about back to back. I don't know. Yeah, so Nico Collins and Tank Dell, <clears throat> Tank ends up at twenty one. Nico Collins at twenty two. In the composite list. Yeah, Tank got injured. When they were on the field together, they both popped. It wasn't like one of them was really good and then Tank Dell got hurt and then Nico feasted. Like Nico was still really good with Tank Dell on the field. They coexisted. And that's what happens when you get elite quarterback play in there. But I, I think Tank Dell had the more consistent pop weeks. He was the deep threat and they threw the ball deep a lot. I think C.J. Stroud led the league in deep targets, so Tank Dell benefited from that, and he was really good.
0: Yeah, I mean, yep. I, I, I we have them both here. They're interchangeable. I, just, I, genuinely, I don't know which one to go. I, yeah. Put them, put them both here.
1: Yeah. So that means at twenty-three. We have uh, DK Metcalf.
0: Most people probably put him over JSN, honestly.
1: I think I did put him over JSN. I gotta go back I and, think, and see here. I did. I put I him think one you, spot over I think JSN. You talked
0: me, I think you talked me into Joe just there is lowering JSN a little bit. <laughs> one of my problems though with DK Metcalf is he only had two games with ten targets.
1: 10 yeah, that's not targets. great.
0: Only two. Down the stretch of the season, from weeks uh, twelve or weeks twelve on, he had nine, eight, five, six, six, eight, six.
1: Yeah, that's not good. Again, he scored a lot G.S. of touchdowns. Terrible then. this year.
0: Has a lot of long plays. His yards per catch is, is always phenomenal, just because he is a deep threat.
1: Yeah, dude. Yeah, you know, dude 100 averages yards, like s- eight touchdowns.
0: He averages like 17 yards a catch.
1: Yeah. No, he's really good. you got to target this dude more. He had 112 targets in 16 games. That's crazy. You cannot not target him 140 times in a season. I don't know what you're doing. It's almost malpractice. But at the same time, you have Tyler Lockett and JSN. So, like, I understand it. But it's still, like, you have got to throw DK Metcalf the ball.
0: I think this is this kind of why you're, we're higher on, or at least I am higher than JS, on JSN than DK, is because, A, JSN is he's crazy talented, but like the role he plays in the offense is so much more fantasy-friendly than the role that DK does. Like DK do, still produces with it, but it's so much more volatile, whereas JSN didn't perform this year. But once Tyler Lockett's gone and he kind of slips into that role... He's more talented than Tyler Lockett, so he should pop when that happens versus I think we know what D.K. is at this point. I don't really see his role changing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I I don't see it either. I just think he's the kind of guy that can be an A.J. Brown type of player, but he hasn't ever really had an A.J. Brown type of role or volume in an offense to be that good.
0: I mean, he has had seasons. uh, I mean, he had 140 targets last year. He had 140 targets, but just barely over a thousand yards receiving. He's had 130, 129 targets back-to-back seasons. Uh, he had 13 targets or 1300 yards in 2020 with 129 targets, 129 targets in 2021, but he only had 960 yards. Yeah, it's it's just weird. He's one of those guys. You should be better than this, but but he's not.
1: Right. That leaves us with the final guy in our top 24 dynasty wide receivers. It's Zay Flowers.
0: Zay's weird to rank, too. I want to put Zay lower just because of the absolute debacle he was against, against the Chiefs. Had, like, huge play. Then you taunt the guy. Then you fumble at the goal line. And then I think he dropped a pass. I mean... Zay was all over the place against the Chiefs.
1: Yeah, I mean, he did have five for 115 and a touchdown against the Chiefs.
0: But he also so that's is nice. very likely one of the reasons they lost with that fumble.
1: Right. It could have been 115 and two touchdowns. You also don't want the taunting. All that to say, Zay Flowers is really good. Uh, he ended up, including the playoff game, because I can. 116 targets, 86 catches, 1,015 yards, and six touchdowns. Really good for a rookie. I think he ended up with 1.7 yards per route run, which is, That's not like, bad. If, you, if you're if you going to predict, like, elite receivers, you want 2 plus, 2.0 plus. And he's almost there, but he's not quite there. Um, so he's kind of on that... That fringe well, think, of being an elite player, but I think I think he showed enough his rookie year to say he's really good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'll give that. And I don't think many people are are really willing to label Zay Flowers as elite. I don't I don't know if I am. I don't know if he ever will get there. But he was definitely better than I than I thought he would be his rookie season.
1: Yeah, he's he's very solid.
0: Yeah. It's yeah, he's a weird one. I don't, I don't know what I would trade him for, and I don't know what I would pay to get him in, in Dynasty. That's kind of weird.
1: Yeah, I don't know either. He's tough. He's real. I like. You would want to pay a first, but at the same time, it's like, eh. Uh, I think. I
0: feel like I could get somebody maybe, better, you know?
1: Yeah, I don't know. Is there anybody else we left out that we need to mention? I know you don't have the staples like Stefan Diggs, I, Devontae talking Adams. Talking about that in
0: beforehand, there. yeah. It's crazy. Changing of the guard. Uh, Romo Dunze. Been. Well, we didn't mention him. Yeah. We we talked a lot about obviously Harrison and Neighbors, who we both really love very much. Odunze is not a terribly far off of him. Like Odunze is is he's, he's really good. Yeah. He's a he is a very complete receiver. Kind of got some DeVonte Adams in him if if you watch his tape, I'll be honest with you. He's he's solid. And he's probably going to yeah. be a top 10 pick.
1: I think he will be. So, that, yeah, that could be fascinating. Um, we'll see how this shakes out throughout the offseason as the draft Who, comes uh, and goes, as free agency comes and goes.
0: Who's your predictions of the biggest movers on this list? Because we will we will definitely redo it at some point, an updated version.
1: I think Malik Navers jumps out as say. a pretty easy one to say. He could move up a lot, <clears throat> maybe even move down. I don't think he'll move down. He could, he could move up.
0: Worst case scenario he goes to the Giants I'd still probably put him at 14.
1: Yeah. T Higgins could move a lot. And I think Drake London could move a lot.
0: Yeah. Only other one I think I think really can can push the needle would be Marvin Harrison if he went to just a bomb landing spot like the Chargers and Yeah. Some people may not, but I mean, I got I'd be I'd be drooling over <laughs> over that landing spot.
1: Yeah. Could be really fantastic. Anything else you want to add before we hop out of here?
0: Nope. Uh it was exciting. We like this one. Uh who are we are we gonna do quarterbacks and uh, tight ends in one episode or do you wanna, you wanna
1: I think split we should. those guys up. I think, I think we I only there's only like ten tight ends worth talking about and like twelve quarterbacks worth talking about, so yeah.
0: Still, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to go twenty four deep on, on quarterbacks or receivers. Like after, I'm trying to, th- I'm trying to think of even like the bad quarterbacks. Like after Justin Fields, really. Like nah, I don't. I don't really care anymore with quarterbacks.
1: Once we're getting into the Kirk Cousins, Geno Smith, Sam Howell, like all, right. all right, Baker well, Sam Mayfield. Done,
0: dude. That's that's not close. <laughs> he's a he's a backup.
1: Yeah, you're probably right. He's he is toast. Uh, yeah. I don't want to talk about Daniel Jones again.
0: No. Daniel Jones is dead to me. (laughs) I I stuck my neck out a little bit for him this past year, and he chopped it off.
1: Yeah, you got beheaded. Oh, that'll do it for this one. We'll hop back next week when I think we're going to combine quarterbacks, tight ends. We'll see how it shakes out. But that'll do it for this one. We'll see you guys next week.